theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Praise God in Jesus' name. Amen. Open that up to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James today. And I'm going to read quickly because I'm going to read about 15 passages in your hearing. And we're going to move on. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 11. Then Elkanah uh, went to his house of Ramah. Uh, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give me meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you, but raw. And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. He would then answer him, no, but you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, even as, wow, this is crazy. Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord. Praise God. Even as a child wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, The Lord give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was very old and he heard everything his sons did to old Israel. He might have been old, but he could still hear. Might not have been able to see. How they lay with women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Just what they were doing. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and man. Let me show you one more verse, 1 Samuel 3, 9, real quick. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. I'm going to play a video so you know the inspiration for the title of the message, not the sermon. We just read that. But I want you to check out the video that's the inspiration for the title of the sermon. Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you got to do? I don't want to know what you got to do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Doreen, I'm singing. I love to swim in Doreen. When you want to swim, you want See, to See, I'm going to get stuck on. now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. I played this before. So I think you know where I'm headed, but I'm going to preach to you by the help of the Holy Ghost. Just keep growing. Part two. 
Just Keep Growing, part two. Would y'all help me pray? Father, help me to preach and to teach your word today. I pray that the words you give me would be like arrows, piercing, O oh Lord God, our hearts and our consciousness. I pray that they would be laden with grace and with mercy, God, and love. I pray that the anointing would break any yoke in the name of Jesus. This is your house, God, and I believe that you're growing us and maturing us and we'll be a good steward of what you're doing in our lives and in this generation. God, much is happening and I'm declaring breakthrough and victory. I'm declaring that everybody under the sound of my voice would understand who they are in you and would wreak havoc upon the kingdom of darkness. God, do what only you can do for the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Praise God. You may be seated. Thanks so much for being with us again today. Uh, I want to talk to everybody in the room and those that are watching online today. Uh, I want you to know that I'm not, and I, I never, uh, I say never, always, I don't know that anybody never does something or always does something, but I never, uh, I, I attempt, I should say, to, to, to not use this pulpit to uh, communicate my opinion or my feelings. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's not about my feelings. It's not about my thoughts or this is not my soapbox, if you will. Uh, so this is in no way, shape, or form me talking down to anybody. As a matter of fact, what I'm trying to do today and what I hope to do every Sunday is to engage and to connect with you, to communicate with you so that you can grow up in the things of God. Because you have purpose. Somebody say purpose. You have purpose. But oftentimes, what we will do is we'll keep talking about tomorrow. We'll keep talking about next week. We'll keep talking about next year. Or if I put myself in the right location, if I put myself in the right place, can I tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. God has you right where he wants you, and we just simply need to be planted and grow in what God is trying to do. I understand planting can feel like burial, but you need to know God's not killing you. God's trying to plant you. If you just remain where you're planted, God is doing something in your life, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord is trying to expedite what he's doing in this generation. Praise God. I'm thankful I'm not a Generation Z. You know, I'm not, uh, but hey, I, I'm an X. I'm Generation X, and we had a great time learning how some of Generation Z speaks. But what I'm talking about right now is the entire generation. I'm talking about people that are alive. It is the will of God that you make a difference for the kingdom of God. It is his will. It is his plan. God has his hand on your life, and he doesn't want you nor I to just walk through some routine, route, mundane, mechanical experience just saying, oh, I believe there is a God. No, we know there is a God. The Bible says that even the devils believe that there is a God. It's not enough just to believe, but to understand that he wants to use you in a powerful way. That's why he said when you receive the Spirit, you'll become a witness, a witness immediately to who and what he is in our lives and he is the God of glory the God of power and might able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think and so I believe that God wants to use extraordinary church to make a profound difference in this region if you believe that somebody ought to clap their hands unto the Lord I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, God gave me the name for this. But you know what? I, I'm not interested in ordinary church. I'm not interested where only those that think they come, come to church. I'm not interested in those that think they belong coming to church. I'm not interested in people thinking you got to do this or you got to do that. The kingdom of God is a great place to find your place. And this is why Jesus messed up with a lot of people because the religious world, they were not ready for him because they thought you had to walk a particular walk and talk a particular talk and have a particular attire and have everything figured out. But I don't read that in my Bible. As a matter of fact, let me just give you news flash right now. You know, God will move in people's lives at different paces. Thank you. I appreciate the amen. Some of y'all looking at me sideways. Sometimes God will do a quick work 
I'm at least I'm going to go preach in front of Pastor Barry because he's amen in me. Person. God will do a quick work, won't he, Pastor B? I'm a, you probably like, well, what does that mean? I'm going to show you in Scripture. Uh, you all remember the dude, uh, the Bible doesn't call him dude, by the way. Uh, but it was this, that's the Kill Thompson paraphrase. This dude was a, a demoniac. He was possessed. Possessed. And so Jesus shows up, and the moment he shows up, this dude just comes to Jesus' feet and worship. And now remember his background, his story. They put him there. The only time people visited were when they were weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. You know, they just crying. They lost people. That's the only time dude would have any kind of human interaction. Oh, can you imagine? No life-giving interaction. No hope. No possibilities. Just the finality of death. Separation. So, here, overwhelmed with grief and anxiety, he, Jesus shows up, changes everything in this man's life. Everything. Quickly too, Isabella. Because if you look, he was, can you imagine? Dude was running around naked. Some of y'all are like, what Bible are you reading? It's true. Running around naked in the streets, bound. They would put chains on dude. Dude would break them off. And after he had an interaction with Jesus, you know what the Bible says? He was clothed and in his right mind immediately. Immediately. The people were stunned. They were like, wait a second. This dude was out of his mind in left field, tapped into something that was demonic. And now look at him. He's sitting at your feet clothed in his right mind, tearing the city up for the glory of God. That's a quick work. Quick work. Quick work. But then you had one somebody who was caught in the act of adultery. Dragged out in the street, no clothes on. Humiliated. They're, they're ready to stone her. And, and Jesus is like, they try, they're always trying to set Jesus up. They were like, what are we going to do, Jesus? Really, what are you going to do? Yeah. So he just said, well, whomever's without sin, you cast the first stone. So check this out. This is crazy. One by one, the stones drop. And then he gets down. He, he says, hey, look, look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. She's like, he's like, where, where, where are your accusers? She's like, they're gone. Now, watch this. The shame, the reproach was gone, okay? The accusations, they were gone. Watch. Stick with me. But what does he say to her? Go and sin no more. Was she clothed in her right mind? Scripture, here she is. She's just instructed to go and sin no more. In other words, she got to walk to the house, put some clothes on. Y'all not. What am I trying to, I could do this all day long. What am I trying to show you? God will move in people's lives at different paces. You can't regulate what God is doing. You can't govern what God is doing. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean he isn't doing it. So as long as you're in the house, you're in the right place at the right time for God to do something in your life, just keep growing. You might be growing really fast overnight. In some other cases, it might take a while. But you're growing. You're growing. We're not trying to create some type of religious institution where you have to measure up to something. The devil is a liar. We're here to say, just keep growing. Just keep growing. Lord, that wasn't even in my notes. I got to hurry up. So here's what I want to make a declaration really quickly. I'm, uh, let me just hit my timer. Praise God. 
Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bear. I, I need that. Amen. I, I want to show you something. I want you to make this declaration with me real quick. I wanted to do this at the onset, but let's show them this declaration. I I'm going to give you a second to read it because I know it's not like the one we make. You all know I make a lot of declarations. I believe that biblical-based declarations. I just want to show you something. I want you to read this with me. We're going to read it slow so you can get it all together. Are you ready? Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Pastor Bear. Are you all ready over here? Praise God. I declare... I will live victoriously. I was created in the image of God. I have the DNA of the king in me. I am wearing a crown of favor. Royal blood flows through my veins. I am the head, never the tail. Above, never beneath. I will live with a holy purpose passion and grateful praise knowing that I was destined to live in the victory Jesus provides this is my declaration come on if you believe that if you've got a grateful praise you need to bless him you need to lift him up and exalt him I'm going to show you because you're like, well, wait a second. Watch this. Romans 5.17. This is out of the Amplified, okay, the classic. For if because of one man's trespasses, lapse, or offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life. Through one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. See, when the Lord looks at you, he doesn't see somebody defeated and anemic and weak, barely getting by or just taking the leftover positions. Not at all. God sees you as royalty. If you have been born again, you have royal blood flowing through your veins. And you and I are supposed to reign in this life. In this life. Okay. So, you know what the word reign means? It means time in power. God said we're to reign how long? That means as long as you are alive, that is your time in power. <laughs> this is not a two-year elected term like some official. Your term is to reign every single day for the glory of God. To be victorious, to rise to new levels, to accomplish great things. And on those days when you don't feel like royalty, you don't allow your feelings to dictate who and what you are. You put your finger on your pulse and you understand as long as there's life in your body, you are a king. You are a queen. You're a royalty. It's your time to reign. Oh, I wish we could get this. It's, it's our time to reign. It's our time to occupy. It's our time to dominate. It's not our time to hide behind. It's not our time to get with our favorite clique. Now is the time for us to be offensive. Now is the time for us to take everything that God has for us. Now is the time to go and let people know, hey, there is a God, the God of the Bible, who loves you in spite of what you've done, whose grace cannot be exalted, exhausted, whose mercies are not limited. His love is so deep there is no pen that can write about it and tell the depth of it it is so so good <sighs> this royalty is in your dna and when you understand what you have flowing in your veins the blood of a winner the blood of the resurrected one you and i were created to reign in life stop going by what you feel Go by what you know. Can I just help you? I'm not trying to front. Some of us, you're not going to grow if the only time you read the Bible is when you hear me preach it. Can I just tell you, you're not going to grow if just because you are sermon junkie. You're not going to grow because you follow your favorite preachers on Instagram. And the only way you're going to know is because you've hid his word in your heart that you might not sin against him. 
It's because you understand the power of the word and you know that it's in him that you live and move and have your being and you're allowing scripture to interpret scripture. I didn't say you have to be a theologian, but fam, this stuff isn't complicated. Just get in and begin to read it. Let it read you. Let it speak to you. Let it challenge you. We need the word of God for faith cometh and hearing by the word of God. I'm not here to beat you up, but I'm here to inspire you to let you know you can't microwave this. You got to have some disciplines that are going to lead to a devotion that's going to grow you and bless you and not just grow you and bless you, but all that you come in contact with. Let me just tell you right now, oh, Jesus, I'm getting hot. This is I'm hot for help me, Lord. Whew, Jesus, I got to calm down. Thank you. Bless you, sis. You are not going to see miraculous results because you are yelling the name of Jesus. The only way you're going to see the miraculous happen in our lives is because you know him. The only way we're going to see the miraculous happen is because we're exercising our faith. Anointing is not in the decibels or how loud you can scream or how big the crowd is. It's got nothing to do with it. It's got everything to do with the fact that you're submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and you know him not only in the power of his resurrection, but the fellowship of his sufferings. For when we suffer with him, then shall we reign with him. Okay, help me Jesus. All right, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. So, I'm telling you, I want to see something that can change everything. See, the kingdom changes everything. The kingdom changes everything. And I believe that God, how many of you all know God's not waiting on himself? How many of you know God is ready? So, if he's ready, that means he's waiting then on who? On us. Yes. Thank you. And see, when you receive the Spirit of God, we got to be careful. I got a lot I'm going to try to say and get it in. I doubt I'm going to get it in in 30 minutes, but I'm going to try. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep you too long. But what I want you to know is when you receive the Holy Ghost, th this isn't some junior Holy Ghost. The kids downstairs that have the Spirit of God, they've got the same Spirit of God living inside of them that, that some of you have right here, right now. They have the same power inside of them that all of hell is trembling. If they understand who they are, those kids downstairs, if they've been born again, can lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Really simple. Really simple. I'm telling you, God can do it. I'm, I'm, there is no middle school Holy Ghost. There is no university Holy Ghost here. There is the Spirit of God. And whenever a man and a woman, a young lady, a young man, or even a child surrenders and submits to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, he can use them for his glory. Whew. I'm excited. Thank you, Isaiah. I'm excited about what God is doing in the lives of our teenagers, in the lives of our young adults, the lives of our, our children, even our adults. I'm excited. God is moving. We held our first uh, Kingdom Now conference a few weeks ago, and man, it was bananas what the Lord Jesus Christ did. If you were not a part of that Friday evening, we'd have had 124 in attendance, but what God spoke to us was so supernatural. I will never be the same. I have never seen somebody ever come in and step dead foot right smack in the Holy Ghost and show us and open up doors, the pathway to what God wants to do. There was a strong prophetic call that night that reiterated and provided a glimpse into what the Lord wants to do through this local expression of the kingdom. And I rejoice because I believe God is just showing us a bit of a glimpse of what he's I rejoice in what God is doing at Extraordinary Church in 2023. We've seen 13 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I give God praise for that. We've seen 21 be baptized, and we got a couple of more that are going to be baptized. We ought to rejoice and give God praise because the kingdom of God is here. He's worthy of our praise, and this is why we exist. We've had 232 first-time guests year to date. Don't you tell me people are hungry for God. God is moving. Is chaos happening? Yeah. But God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's on the throne, and it is all.
It's his and he's moving. I celebrate what God is doing. The icing on the cake, I could talk about it. I'm thrilled to have Chris Pio with us, and we're so excited about what God is doing with him. We're also delighted to have Andre and Cassandra and Zion with us here at Extraordinary. God, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. I pray it every day. I prayed it every day since I was here. God, send us extraordinary leaders, extraordinary worshipers, strategic givers, and help us to raise them up. And can I tell you, God is sending us people that have heard the call. Why? Because he's expanding our capacity. He's positioning us for an outpouring that's going to change everything that can be changed. People are changing. People are repenting. People are seeking God. And people are growing. There's things that I'm not even at liberty to talk about. I've had meetings. God is moving, and he's positioning us to make a difference in this generation. And when it comes to pass, it'll be his doing. He'll get the glory. And they will not be able to say, look at what Akil did. Or look at what Isabella did. They'll just know this is a God thing. This is a God thing. That's fine. Praise God. Man, I just, whew, I feel it in Jesus' name. You know what? I had a conversation just recently, and I was wondering why I'm so at peace with that conversation, because I, it's an Abrahamic promise. It's a promise. He's given us this region, and I give God praise for it. So, in the kingdom, um, the kingdom is like a coin. Y'all don't have a, have y'all ever had a penny? Could, at one point, the Canadian currency, there was a penny? Okay. When did y'all get rid of the penny? How long? So, did somebody say 20? 10? 10? Okay. What, what, what is, the dollar is what? A loony. And the, the one that's got the, it's a toonie, is that what it's called? Toonie, Okay. I just used my debit card. <laughs> I ain't going to in front. I was surprised I had this. I was studying today. I was like, Lord, I need some coins. <laughs> what is that about? Praise God. Yes. You know why I have this? Because Sarah was like, she said, for the grocery cart. <laughs> what, what is that? What is, are we stealing carts here in the Toronto area? I was like, praise God. We, do we got to, I was like, are we taking carts? Is that what we do? So, okay, Joanne was like, some people do. Okay, praise God. Yeah, I, I'm like, dang, praise God. I can't tell you how many times I go to the grocery store, and I'm like, oh. yeah, yeah. I was like, we used to keep one of these in the, I was like, do not take this out of the car. Because we're going to the grocery store, and no frills needs every one of those baskets. Praise God, praise God. There are, uh, there's a heads and a tails. And, you know, um, we, when I was playing with this, I didn't grow up in church. So, we used to flip coins and flip dollars growing up <laughs> and just take people's money. You know, you just, you just throw it in the air and dollar bills, you just call it, whether it be a one, five, ten, you just. And so, I thought about that. Thank the Lord he delivered me. Praise God. But, um, you know what? It's two sides to this coin. Uh, the kingdom of God is very similar. Two sides. There's maintenance and mission. Two sides. You know what? When you come into the kingdom, we got, we got a purpose. We have, we have a responsibility, an obligation to disciple you, to grow you, to help you grow in your faith, to understand that, you know what? When you're growing, you're serving. When you're serving, you're ministering unto the Lord. And as you're doing that unto the Lord, God is going to begin to activate and release gifts in you. This is why you can't sit on the sidelines. And can I just tell you, whatever your hand finds to be able to do, do that unto the Lord with all of your might. Go ahead and get involved. We've got so many ways for you to serve. We've got so many ways for you to grow in your faith. You need to check out Midweek Bible Connection. It is going to help you grow your faith every Wednesday. Way better else can you. I love you all, and I would love to thank every single family here is having family prayer every day, but I know the reality of it. The reality of it is many of you all are not doing that. I would be surprised if a few of you all are doing it consistently, and I give God praise for that. But what I will tell you, where else can you 
you gather around a screen, get your family together, jump into the Word of God, worship together, pray together, where it should be happening in your home. God wants to do that, and it's an access point in our region. Be involved. Get a part of it. Get involved in a small group. You'll find out just how meaningful the connection is and the freedom is there. That's the maintenance side. That's the discipleship side. We have to grow people. But then there is the mission. The mission, the purpose, if you will, is to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. We have to have both. But if the coin is ever going to land anywhere, may it always land on purpose and mission. Here, hear me. I'm, I'm all for maintenance. Don't get me wrong. We want to pray with you, pray for you, visit you, hang out, go do dinner, do life, do a ton of life together. But, and we got a team and we're trying to do the very best we can to get to everybody, hang out, pour into you. Because one of my life's passages is, I don't want to just give you the gospel. I want to, I, I don't want, I want to give you my life and our team believes in that. But if we're ever going to land on anything, may we land on reaching people who do not know Jesus Christ. For that is why we exist. That is why we are here, to help the wayward person, to help the person who doesn't believe in God, to help the person that might be confused, black, white, red, yellow, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, makes me no difference. You belong here in the kingdom of God. There is hope for you. You are our purpose. And as long as there is one lost soul, the church is too small. It'll always be about others. If we're going to land anywhere, may it always be about others and not ourselves. At some point, if we're going to grow up, you got to stop praying through and reach somebody. Oh, I'm meddling now. I'm meddling. Help me, Lord. Whew. You want to know why you got to pray through? I'm meddling, but I'm a meddle. Because you have no disciplines. You have no spiritual discipline. And so, therefore, you subject yourself to high highs and low lows. And one minute, you'll, this is why you equate tears and praying and feeling a little goosebumps to feeling close to God. And then when you don't feel those, you're like, God, are you real? You got to get away from the erratic, inconsistent, and you got to begin to discipline yourself to seek the face of God. You got to begin to discipline yourself to hear the voice of God. You got to begin to seek him with all of your heart because he said he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Not weekly or monthly, but diligently posturing your heart. Can I tell you what the key to the kingdom is? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I just want to make a declaration, fam that God is sending us a harvest in this church. A harvest in every generation. And I don't know about you, but I want to see sons and daughters come into the kingdom. I love it when people come to church. I love it. Them be drunk, smoke, be smell like they high. I don't I could care less. I want them to come to church. I want them to come. They can be loaded. It makes me no difference. You have money, you don't. Like Stephen said, you can't take it with you anyway. I don't care where you are, but I want you to come. I want to see God save the young. I want to see God save the old. I want to see God help people avoid the pitfalls and the distractions and the delays on purpose and their destiny. Come on. I I'm tired of people thinking you got to live to 40 and sow your wild oats and wild out and then come to Jesus. Yeah, you got a testimony. God delivered you. But how about, you know what? I've never known anything else. I grew up in the church. I've loved him all my life. He kept me from a life of sin and shame and reproach. I've decided to give him all that I have. I'm going to serve God with my whole being. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I made mistakes. I wasn't perfect, but it was God who was rich in mercy, restored me and put my feet on a solid rock. I'm here to stay with him. Whew. Anybody glad he kept you? See, this is why... Pastor B, this is why we got to be careful, Alex. This is why we got to be careful because if you just watch, like if you go by the headlines of Yahoo News or CTV or I don't really watch the news. This is uh, 
CBC. I was about to say CBN. <laughs> there ain't no CBN, praise God. Maybe we need to start one. <laughs> is there CBN? Is there, praise God. Oh, that's right, that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Virginia Beach, my bad. Yeah, I, I knew that sounded familiar, praise God. Y'all can tell I don't watch TV, praise God. But you go by what CNN says. You go by what Fox says. You go by CTV, CBC, CBC. That sounds like the CDC, <laughs> Center for Disease Control. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What does CBC stand for? Uh, man. man, some of y'all said that with conviction. I wasn't trying to make it personal. <laughs> Praise God! I just asked what the CBC stand for. Praise God. Stop watching those headlines and let's know what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John said. Let's know what Acts says. Let's know what Romans says. Those are the headlines I'm interested in. And those headlines tell me where sin abound, grace does that much more abound. Those headlines tell me that God is moving in this day and that whatever can be shaken will be shaken, but God is going to have a kingdom and a people on this earth that are going to give him the glory. I'm not going to allow the enemy to lie to me and tell me that this world is going to hell in a handbasket, that there's no hope for tomorrow. As long as God is on the throne, there is always hope. I will not pass down to my kids a poor mouth, broken down, victim mentality, and a narrative that this world is messed up and jacked up and that there's no hope for it. As long as he is alive, I'll tell the right narrative. And so it's been since the beginning of the year that God has been dealing with me. Pastor Dan McLeod absolutely wrecked me. And this maturity mandate, I told you, I'll never forget when the Lord... Pastor Dan didn't even know this. The Lord told me, he said, yes, you got to grow in church. But if you're not careful, you'll have shrinking people. And I thought, whew, Jesus, I don't want us to be a shrinking people. Can I tell you, a maturity mandate, God is calling us to grow up. So, you know what we need right now? We need Samuels right now. When you think of Samuel, you, you think of somebody who uh, is a man of transition, rightfully so. He was, he was Israel's final judge. He was also a prophet who anointed the first two kings of Israel. He's a man in the middle, quite literally. He is in the process of leading Israel out of judges and the leadership of judges and into kings. Why? Because now what Israel is doing is they're, they're transitioning from being a nomadic group of people who suffered defeat over and over and over, and now they're coming into the mentality of a kingdom and having a king. But they rushed the process of God. They rushed the process of God, anointing Saul, and their motive and their timing were impure. They wanted a king because the rest of the world's nations had kings, and they didn't want to wait on the king that God had for them. So they rushed the process, and they selected a king named Saul who looked like he passed the test physically. But can I tell you, God doesn't choose kings based on physical attributes. God chooses based upon the heart. There's a principle here you got to understand. You can be super fly all day long. If you're the captain of whatever team you got, that's great. We want those people in the kingdom of God too. You might have thousands of followers and friends and a TikTok, whatever, and blah, 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 blah. But I came to talk to some people who feel ostracized. I came to talk to some people who feel mis uh, maligned, if you will. I'm talking to the people who don't have friends. I'm talking to the people who oftentimes feel alone. I'm talking to the people who are wondering, can anything good come out of my life? I want to tell you right now, if you love God with everything that you have, and you'll be an obedient child of God. Hear me, I didn't say a perfect child of God. But if you'll be an obedient, God, obedient child of God, God is going to raise you up and promote you to do something in your life that is going to blow your mind. Somebody needs to receive that. And it's going to happen, not because you passed the eye test, but because you passed the heart test. Woo. 
David is that king. But before we get to David, we got Saul. And I got to hurry up. Samuel is the transition piece that gets us from Judges into Saul and then ultimately David. But I believe, hear me, God is raising up some Samuels because the earth is groaning for a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. People are tired, sick and tired of being exposed to even the systems in the church. They want the kingdom of God. What I, what I just read to you, the people go to Eli, and they're like, bro, your boys, the priest, this ain't working. These systems, these processes, these rules, these, oh, this ain't working. And they said, there's a lot of immorality. Eli, what are you doing? We can, we can see what's happening here. Do you see what's happening? The world is tired of the systems, not only of the world systems, but of the systems of the church. And in order for us to move people from a church system to a kingdom system, there have to be Samuels who come alongside with the oil that's full and a horn and pour it over a prophet, pour it over a king and make the transition happen for the glory of God. And what I want you to understand is I believe that as you're growing, God is raising up some Samuels. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. See, do you understand that wisdom in the kingdom of God is not relegated to the elect? It's not relegated to the select. It's not relegated to a few people like, oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No, no, no. I've discovered in my life that wisdom, Pastor Barry, is the reward of those who seek God. Not simply those who get older. If I could just be candid, I know a lot of people who got some seasoning on their life, but they have no wisdom. And I know a Y'all didn't get that. So I know a lot of old fools. And I know a lot of young geniuses. Y'all don't have to help me. That's okay. Praise God. So I want you to understand everybody has an opportunity to seek wisdom because wisdom is not a thing. Wisdom is a person and his name is Jesus. If you know Jesus, find Jesus, love Jesus, walk with Jesus, you'll have wisdom. And the more you're in, your, in his presence, the more you'll grow in wisdom. And I could talk about knowledge because some people get knowledge, but they don't get wisdom. God wants us to have wisdom and knowledge. In all of your getting, get under understanding. God wants us to grow. He wants us to understand what he's doing. Why don't we just lift our hands and take a moment and worship him? Come on, that's it. Come on and just bless him. Come on and talk to him for a moment. Come on, we need him right now because the world is hungry for the kingdom. We need him right now because those that are here, we're hungry for the kingdom. And the church is the only entity that can bring the kingdom here. Woo! Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We don't need a church that is married to systems and not married to the king. We're not the bride of systems. We're the bride to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Woo. This is why you can study church sociology. They'll tell you a lot of streamlined, mainline denominations. Done. That's not a jab. That's not me picking. That's not, I'm not trying to insinuate anything. All I'm trying to tell you is People are hungry for a move of God. They're hungry for the kingdom. They're hungry for the demonstration of the kingdom. They want to see the broken restored. They want to see cancers gone. They want to see people healed. They want to see the God that we preach about in the Bible. They're not interested in just some cute little talk. Two songs, transitions, another song, a three-point sermon, and a poem, and a blessing. That ain't changing nobody's life. But what we need is a deluge of the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of God will come in and flood this place. And all we can do is lift our our hands and let tears stream down our face and cry holy 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 is the lord where we have to check our attitudes at the door and prejudices fall at his feet and marriages are restored and vices are obliterated because he's the king of kings and lord of lords we need a move of god 
But if we're not careful, you know what we'll come seeking? We'll become adrenaline junkies. Where you can't even discern the difference between anointing and adrenaline. Adrenaline, like, oh man, everybody going to be there tonight. Let's go. And you forget the one you're doing it unto. This is why if we're not careful, you'll be part of the church and you'll do ministry. You'll even lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. You'll even deliver people. But yet, it's possible for him to look at you and be like, I don't even know who you are. I don't want to just grow in demonstration. I want to grow in him. Oh, does anybody desire him this afternoon? Come on, you got to push beyond. Help me. So I'm going to show you a few things. I got to hurry. I got to hurry because um, I've already taken much longer than I thought I would take. But here's what I, I want you to get. Samuel is living in an evil time period. Today, we live in an evil day. You check it out. The world is dark. All kinds of division, divisiveness, people hating one another. It's crazy. Mass killings all the time. I'm like, every time I open up my news app occasionally, I'm like, another shooting. Another, there was just another one in Baltimore, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there was one in my hometown. Graduation. People are graduating from high school, and they're shooting people right outside the auditorium. I'm like, Lord, we are living in a sinful, wicked day. Morality. There is no morality. It is a plurality of morality. Whatever works for you, it's your truth. It's fine. If it doesn't work, that's fine. It's your right and you're right and I'm wrong. And listen, every listen, truth is truth. I told somebody, I was just like, look, we were in our office. I was like, yo, we were talking and they were like, I was like, see that wall? I was like, it's blue. You can say it's orange all you want to, but it's blue. The truth of the matter is that wall is blue. Yeah, and you'll feel a whole lot better when you acknowledge, yeah, it's a blue wall. And the fact that you think it's an orange wall doesn't change the truth that it's a blue wall. We're living in a crazy day, fam. And this is the day that Eli... Hophni or Hophni, Phineas, were wiling out. Now, I know I told you we're living in a sinful day, but they were wiling out. Like, you want to talk about profaning the temple? They're having sex with women to be admitted. We just read it, but I read it to you in the New King James. That's why some of y'all didn't catch it. Some of y'all just like this. What? Let me go back right now, y'all. Y'all looking at? Yeah, yeah, You're like, oh, it's, it is right there. Oh my, oh my gosh. Wow, Hophni and Phineas. Okay, y'all was crazy. A dark day. A dark day. And you know what? God is raising up somebody to change all of that. This is crazy. Now check this out. This is this is this 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 messed me up today. And here's what I want you to understand. Because some of us, we live in a generation where you think you can give birth to something just because you declare it. You think you can give birth to something just because you like something on Instagram. You think you can give birth? Oh. Let me stop. I'm meddling today. What am I doing? Okay, Joanne said it. Praise God. So, we think you can microwave stuff, and it's going to happen just like that. No, no, no. That's not how it happens. Some of us are so quick to embrace the promise, but you don't want to embrace the process. I was, with, I was with Pastor McKenzie. We celebrated his uh, retirement. It's magnificent. 
the things he said, I was like, my God, I think this is the best trans. But you know what he said? He said, and he meant it. <laughs> he stood up there. He had, had so much to say. It was wonderful. He said, I, I, I want to thank everybody that was a blessing to me, my family, my wife. He said, we we're just, just, our hearts are full. He said, I also want to thank all of you that were pains in places that I cannot say. And he was serious. I was waiting for the joke, right? I guess he figured he retired, so he's going to say whatever he needs to say. So he said, you know, he said, I'm not joking. I'm serious. He said, because the Lord used you as a tool to keep me on my knees, to check out what's in my heart, to keep me near the cross. See, you want all the promise. You want the glitz and the fame, and, but you don't want to go through anything. That's not how it works. You know how things are birthed that have lasting impact? They're birthed through travail. Y'all are like, travail, what is that? Let me show you. Hannah, Hannah wants a child. Her husband is a polygamist, and that's the culture and the society. They're wilding out. They've lost their minds, and she wants to have a child. The Lord, the Bible says the Lord shut up her womb. In other words, that door was closed. This wasn't a natural thing. No, no, no. That door was shut, and only God could open that door up. She's praying and travailing and crying so much. I don't want to beat Eli up too much, but he was kind of off. He thought she was drunk. So, I mean, you could, you could see he was used to natural inclinations and not spiritual ones. She said, no, my Lord, I'm not drunk. Sound familiar? They're not drunk like you suppose. <laughs> I'm not drunk, but I, she, she could hardly get it out. She was crying and travailing so much. Can I tell you, if you're ever going to give birth to something great, it is going to be because you know how to travail. You know how to weep in his presence. You know how to cry some things out. You know how to agonize, and you know how to deny yourself, and you know how to go through some things. I know you might be thinking, why did Hannah have to go through all of that? Can I tell you she went through all of that, and what she went through produced an intimacy with Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and Lord of lords, a connection that they had that could not be severed. God was doing something in her life. You and I have got to learn how to travail and get what God has for us don't get me wrong I know it's not the length of the prayer it's the strength of the prayer but sometimes we got to get to a place where we know how to travail and to weep at his feet to weep and have the unutterable gushings where we no longer have language and we're anguished and we're broken weeping in his presence because God is trying to give birth to something supernatural Somebody lift your hands and just begin to worship him for a moment. I'm going to get ready to wrap up. Come on, just talk to him for just a moment. Me, I want you to come on, hit the keyboard. Praise God. Just, we ain't done yet, but I just want you to, to play. Praise God. Come on, let's just talk to him for a moment. Come on, church. We need to tap in in the name of Jesus. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep growing. I'm telling you right now, some of you are stuck at a place, but the only way you're going to get beyond that place is travail. Mom and dad, let me just help you out right now. Your kids are fighting hell, and I'm going to try to preach this thing and get to it, and the only way that your kids are going to get through it is a mom and dad that know how to travail, know how to get into the presence of the Lord, know how to get a word from God, know how to weep in his presence, know how to burst some things in the spirit. You will not be able, come on, I'm telling you, the enemy has an assignment on this generation but this church will not allow the young people the young adults our children our teenagers to be victims and statistics we have some moms and dads spiritually and biologically that will travail and tap into the spirit of the lord and let the god of all of israel in this earth travail through them i need somebody to pray help us jesus Help us, Lord. 
When is the last time we pushed and prayed until something happened? Help us, Jesus. He wants us to grow, and I believe God is raising up a Samuel generation. Hear me. We got to hurry. You know what we think? I want all my parents. I know, I know it's a holiday weekend. It just is what it is. The Lord gave this to me. I said, Lord, why'd you give this to me on a holiday weekend? I, I'm, I'm going to just give it. But you know what? Parents, I want you to hear me. I know we don't do, uh, we don't have Friday night church all the time. We might do it three or four times out the year. But we're intentional about not providing child care. You know, when we have prayer gathering every month, I know we could cram the kids downstairs and have fun and crafts and tell them Bible stories and the games and all that stuff. But every once in a while, they need to be in the presence of God, watching their mother and father weep in his presence. They need to be, they need to see mom and dad standing here at an altar and falling on their knees or laying prostrate before the Lord with the unutterable gushings flowing through them. They need to know what it's like to see and to witness the gifts of the Spirit in operation. We need our babies in church. I didn't say we had to put pressure on them to be little deacons. You can dress, you can dress your kids up if you want. You have them looking around like little deacons and prophets. That's fine. Praise God. I don't know if they really look like deacons and prophets, but praise God. You can dress, do whatever. But whatever you do, bring them to the house of God. Bring them to a prayer meeting on a Friday night. Bring them to a worship experience on a Friday night. God wants to move in their life. Can I tell you, I know this might sound foreign to some of us. Travail and warfare. But here's the reality of it. Samuel's about to change history. The Bible teaches us if anything is about to change history, Satan is going to resist it. The moment God put on flesh, the enemy was trying to snuff that out. Where is he? Tell me about this king that is coming. History makers are always attacked. History makers are always resisted. History makers are always opposed. There's a war going on for this generation. And in our generation, Satan is pulling out weapons of mass destruction and mass distraction. Every tool of temptation he can find, he's throwing it in the kitchen sink. Why? Because he's coming for that purpose. Help us, Jesus. Anything that's going to change history is not going to come easy. I know some of you right now are like, why does it got to be so hard? I'm wondering the same thing. But you know what? I serve a God whose grace is more than enough. And the enemy is fighting because he knows what we're going to become. Because if you ever identify who you really are and whose you are, if it ever clicks up here, it's going to shake the devil's boots down there. I want you to get this. I wish we had time. Here's a few things that I want you to do. Parents, you put this in your spirit and we'll be done. Watch this. You can chill for just a second, baby. I'm almost done. <laughs> Hannah did a few things in this growing process. And even if you don't have kids, I want you to apply this to your personal life too. This is twofold. You got to catch this. Hannah developed Samuel. She developed him. Bible said, first chapter, 22nd verse. Don't miss this. I didn't give this to the team. First Samuel 1.22. Watch this. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. <sighs> Be careful that you don't push your Samuel into their purpose prematurely. She developed him. It takes time to wean a child. And when you wean a child, you're not feeding them biscuits and gravy. Praise God. I got to get y'all back down to the south. 
I crossed the border just to get some stuff for biscuits and gravy. My wife told me before I left, she left the bag right there. And I had forgotten. I said, Lincoln. I said, what? I did. I said, what is this? You know, little cooler bags. I said, what is this? He was like, it's a bag. I was like, yeah, it's a bag. <laughs> and Sarah had left the bag at the door. So I wouldn't forget it. Left right by. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I, was, I had my mind on something else. <laughs> she said, you need to get the sausage and the gravy and the biscuits. Get this, because there's some things that we can't get here that we can get on the state. So I went and got that. You don't feed your children. Well, let me be careful. You don't feed your babies sausage and gravy. No, 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 no. No, you take time. That's why Paul said we give you the milk of the word. <sighs> milk of the word. Now, some of y'all might have some six-month-old kids that can eat sausage and biscuits and gravy. If so, I want to eat with them. They can come to my house. We're going to be fine. Let's go. But the Bible said she did not let him go to the temple until she weaned him, which means he was ready to break away from the nutrients his mother was giving him and able to feed himself. If you push your children into their destiny prematurely, you set them up from destruction because they can't properly feed themselves. You still have something they need, mom and dad. Whew, there's something about the development process that we just can't forfeit. Don't rush the process. The second thing I want to tell you, she clothed him. Look at this. Look at this. I'm almost done. 1 Samuel 2, 18, 19. I am done. You can begin to play me. Why don't we stand? I got two more points, but I can make them really quickly. Look at 1 Samuel 2, 18, 19. This is crazy. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe. This is crazy. And bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. She knew there was too much pollution with Hophni, Phineas, and Eli. So she didn't allow, you need to hear me, she didn't allow others to clothe her son. She clothed her son. She made a robe for him every year. How is, it, how is it that she would know that if it would fit? She was tapped in because she knew the seeds she planted in Samuel. That's why she had no problem releasing him to a corrupt space because she knew the seeds she planted in Samuel were going to anchor him, protect him, and keep him. This is why Samuel didn't go the direction of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. On four different occasions, I'm going to read it to you really quickly. Watch this. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to show you. Oh, it tells us in 1 Samuel 2, 21. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Look at verse 26 in that same chapter. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and with men. Look at verse first chapter, I'm sorry, uh, the third chapter, verse 9. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. Can I tell you, whew, God is trying to grow us, fam. God is trying to grow us. Whew. I want you to know, people want to know, why do you always invest in the younger generation? We will undergird this younger generation 
and support them with everything that we have. We, why do we do things like Extraordinary Parenting, which was off the charts phenomenal. It was insanely good. Why? We want our kids and our families to have the finest spiritual clothing they can wear. And you know what's going to happen? There's several spots here. She birthed him. I was telling Alex as we were talking. She birthed him. She, through travail, she, she developed him. She clothed him. And you know what she did? She released him. Oh, Jesus. You know, when she released him, she wasn't all been out of shape. <laughs> she knew that she knew that she knew because Samuel was a product of travail. Not happenstance. Not a wing and a prayer, but travail. Every hand is lifted. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Ghost is talking to us. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? We don't normally do it this way, but I, I want us to just say this song that they're playing is so appropriate if it's hunger. I want us just to, to you know the song so well. I want you just to begin to worship him and talk to him. God's about to birth something. For some of you, you're in this birth. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.